0: You're listening to the Legend Best Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gaffey. Welcome to the Legend Vest podcast. I am your host, Courtney Gavin. First and foremost, thank you so much for tuning in today. I am super excited, as always, to talk about today's topic. So I got this question recently in person, and I wanted to bring it on the podcast because I figure this is a a really important topic and something that's quite relevant in today's society. And uh, this person reached out to me, and she asked, you know, we are Jameson and I were considered a quote unquote power couple because Jameson and I are married, we're business partners, et cetera, et cetera. This person wanted to know what are some tips on being that power couple, especially in business. So I know I have a, a earlier podcast that's very similar to this one, and it's called uh, How to Have a Happy Marriage While Building a Business. But I want to go into just slightly more detail about how to be a power couple in business. So first and foremost, number one, it's not for everybody, okay? Just because you're married and you guys are wonderful partners to each other doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna be wonderful business partners as well. Now, I want you all to know that being business partners is different than being each other's spouses. There are different roles or different expectations when it comes to marriage as well as running a business. It's tough. I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. It can be really difficult to be married or in a relationship and run a business. Jameson and I, we had only dated for a year and a half before we started our first business together. And The great thing was we built that business from scratch together. (laughs) So I've been in the picture from day one. Matter of fact, we dated first before we even had an idea of going into business. We were still both in college, And we still hadn't earned our degrees yet. So that is something I absolutely love about our story is that it was something that we started together. And so you can't say, oh, I came along, you know, after the business or whatever and vice versa. Oh, no, honey, we built this thing together. (laughs) So I love that about our story. But I want you all to know that just because that's our story doesn't necessarily mean that has to be yours, too. You guys can be just as successful, if not way more, infinitely more successful than we were doing other things. So, number one, as I mentioned, it's not for everybody. It's really, really difficult um, to manage that personal and professional life. You have to remember that you, you not only are you married to this person or you're in a relationship with them. It can be a fine line, you know, trying to not hurt each other's feelings and you want to be honest, but you know, at the same time, you got to go home to this person. So you, you, it can be really hard to have a family owned business or a husband and wife team because it can be really, really stressful. So I want you all to know that it's not as easy as it looks. It is a wonderful thing if it's something that you guys can do together, but I just want to let you know right off the bat, it's not for everybody. Okay. So number two. So let's say, hey, you know, heck with it. I want to do it anyway. And this is something my partner and I are really, really serious about. And we want to start our business. Okay, great. First of all, know your strengths. Know your role. From the very beginning, what we did was before we even got incorporated and all that stuff, we identified who was going to do what, who plays what part. Because I will tell you, it can be frustrating to assign someone a role that they aren't good at. And so you need to understand what each other's strengths are and also know what their weakness are too. Also know what their weaknesses are as well. But it's going to be very important that you put people on the right seat on the bus. That is a reference to one of my favorite business books of all time. And you may as well grab yourself a copy of this. And it's called Good to Great by Jim Collins. It is a phenomenal book about building a great business and about leadership because if you're going to start a business, you have to have foresight, you have to have incredible vision and you have to know what your core values are and just like in anything related to business, it's all about the people that you have on your team. So a lot of times, not to segue too off topic, but sometimes what can make or break your business are the people in your business. You can have the right people on your team, but they're not in the right seat, if that makes sense. You need to move them around to a position that will actually bring out the best of them and therefore bring out the best of your company. Because you can have an asset on the wrong seat and they don't perform because that was not meant for them. However, if you put them in the environment that they're used to or an environment that brings out their full potential, now you got an A plus power team, right? So I want you to be aware of know what your each other, know what your partner's skills, experience, and strengths are, and use that to your advantage in your business. Don't try to have your partner do something that you know is way, I don't wanna say like way out of your league, but because I do believe in doing things that are uncomfortable. So to give you an example, Jameson was the CEO. I was the, originally my title was CIO, Chief Information Officer, but it's not CIO in terms of technology, but CIO as in information. I know everything about the business. But what that really meant was I drive sales in the company. Later on, my title got changed to CSO, Chief Sales Officer. I drive sales, I'm the one bringing in the revenue and building the relationships, and so was Jameson, but that's my primary focus. He focused on managing the company and being the the leader and the visionary. So with that said, I had experience dealing with customers and building relationships because I had um, jobs where I had a very customer-facing job. I had jobs where I was in front of hundreds of people every day. So I didn't have a problem talking with strangers, which was great, and I had excellent customer service skills, communication skills. Now, it scared the crap out of me to go door knocking and you know putting myself out there, but it wasn't something totally out of my league. It was something I was willing to do. So with that said, what I'm trying to say is I would not put somebody in a position where you know you're pretty much setting them up for failure or this is something just totally out of their wheelhouse. I would not put an engineer as a salesperson. They're good at technical, technology, computer skills, building apps, things of that nature. Of course, being an engineer is very, very broad. But the point is there are certain skills and certain types of people who are better for certain positions. I just would not put them in a position where they're going to fail now. Having said that, there are some people who are willing to step out there. There are a lot of people who have had to say, hey, I'm the only one. I have to do sales anyway. But if you're going to be in a partnership, it's going to be beneficial that you put the right people in the right places. Because if you don't, what that can end up doing is you you get disappointed when that person can't perform to your standards, even though this is not something that they specialize in. Now, is it something that we can all get better in? Absolutely. I was not an all-star salesperson. I had never done sales before when I was put in this position, but I had the attributes that would make a great salesperson. So I needed to try something different in that case, and I need to actually put myself out there. Things like that are fine. There's nothing wrong with trying new things, but don't put someone unrealistically in a position that you know that it's just not in their wheelhouse, or it's something that they're not willing to try. So I hope that helps you in that regard. So number two was know your role, know your strengths from the get go. So moving on to number three, the third tip is to find a hobby. Make sure that you have a cutoff period for your business because it got to a point where we were so stressed. I mean, a year or two into our marriage, we were really, really stressed. For a good reason, because, you know, we're, we're, I mean, we were only like, I don't know, 24, 25, and we're building building this, you know, million dollar brand, but it, it it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of hiring. It takes a lot of firing. It takes a lot of travel. We were on the road constantly. The good thing was we were on the road together, and we were able to build this thing, you know, and got our hands dirty, you know, and blood, sweat, and tears together. So that was amazing. We bonded that way too. But the problem is, it's just so stressful that it can really damage the relationship if you don't give your relationship enough attention. So make sure that you continue to date each other and that you also find a hobby for yourself. So as we were growing in our relationship and our marriage and also as the business was taking off, Uh, Jameson was starting to get into soccer more because soccer is his passion. And so he would be playing soccer like four or five times a week, which was great because that was his way of relieving stress and also was his way of of having some downtime for himself. Now, I would be back at home or sometimes I would be at the office in Orlando and I'm like, man, Jameson's at soccer and I'm over here working. It's like seven o'clock at night and I loved working. I mean, I just didn't stop. But it got to a point where I'm like, man, okay, it's just me and I'm by myself right now. You know, I need to start thinking about what are the things Courtney likes to do? Because I started to get into a state of just you're overworked, you're stressed, and you're like, oh man, woe is me. You look at everybody else like, man, they're out there having fun. I'm over here just sitting on the couch or I'm working my butt off. Like, What about me? I need to make sure I'm investing in myself just like he is. And so it dawned on me and I was like, well, shoot, well, what do I like to do? So I realized that I like to paint. Ever since I went to painting with the twist, I'm like, holy crap, I totally forgot that I used to love art. And I thought about when I was at UCF, uh, my roommate, Louisa, she actually introduced me to Zumba. We took some Zumba classes together and I was hooked and I was like, man, I kind of forgot about Zumba. So I started taking Zumba classes and I started painting. So the point is you want to make sure that you schedule some alone time for yourself because you're going to be in this business all day, every day, seven days a week, 24 seven with each other. You don't want to drive each other crazy because if you spend all day, every day with each other, keep in mind, most couples have nine to five jobs. They don't see their spouses for 12, 14 hours a day easily. So when they come home, they're happy to see each other. They haven't seen each other all day. But the reverse is going on with you. If you're a power couple in business, y'all are with each other all day, every day. Now, in one sense, it's amazing. I love that. I love spending time with my husband. He likes spending time with me too. However, the con to that is that you don't have any individual time for yourself, You know, or time to think. So we realized a couple years into our marriage that, wow, okay, we actually need to invest more in ourselves individually and make sure that we spend time on ourselves so that we can come back home and come back to the office refreshed, happy, and feeling like our love tank is full, you know, and have more energy and more creativity. And just now we're excited to take on the new challenge because we gave to ourselves. A lot of times we forget to give back to ourselves. Here's the thing, you guys. I know that being an entrepreneur really is about hustle, hustle, hustle. And And I'll be honest with you. It really is. Entrepreneurship, when I think of that word, I think of hustle. I think of grind. However, please keep in mind, especially if you're a husband and wife team, to spend some quality time not only with each other like date night, but to also spend time with you. It's kind of like you got to go on a date with yourself. I know it sounds kind of weird, but even for me, sometimes it's just going to my car, going to Chick-fil-A and just eating in peace and quiet in my car while listening to a podcast or while reading a book. That right there, even if it's just for an hour, is the most amazing thing ever. It's It's quiet. It's calm. You know, I don't have anybody else around me. There's nobody there to judge me on what I'm eating. I'm just having a good old time by myself. Sometimes I'm just in silence. I'm not listening to anything. And that's a great time for me to think. I'm a thinker when when I'm driving on the road. I think a lot. And a lot of times I don't listen to anything. So find out what that outlet is for you. Because that can be your saving grace in your marriage and in your business. Last but not least, number four keep business strictly business. So because y'all are married, it's easy to bring work home. After all, that's what y'all do all day, every day. You know, you you go to the office together, you probably drive there together. You know, as soon as a call comes in at eight o'clock at night, as soon as you get off the phone, you're talking to your spouse about what just happened and who didn't show up and blah, blah, blah. It's very easy to do. I mean, after all, this is your livelihood. But Keep in mind when you have your business hat on, you have your business hat on. No emotional decision making. I'll tell you when we were um, we were just married this year too. But this we were hiring um, a new team out in Tallahassee. We had gotten some work to do out there, and that was so cool because it was right after we got married. And so we're really, really growing. It just the business was taking off, you guys. I mean. We could barely keep up. But with that said, we had to hire a new team and we had this uh, lady who we really liked. She was a hustler, she was a hard worker. She proved to us at orientation that she wants this job, she needs this job. She would do anything to prove to us that she's worthy of it. So we gave her a shot. We liked her attitude, et cetera, et cetera. Well, a couple weeks, it didn't take very long. Yeah, about a couple weeks into the job, we got some concerning information from the other coworkers but not only from the coworkers, but from the client that, and they had caught on camera some of the things she was doing. So at that point, you can't, you can't deny. I mean, if it's on camera, you can't say, he say, she say, whatever, whatever. And so to make a long story short, she ended up getting into a car accident on site where the client works. And she got into an accident with another customer. And I'm like, Lord have mercy. However, she had shown, red flags once she started working with us she wasn't um following the proper protocol she was also bringing her kids to work yes and once we got word of that we had you know we had to reprimand her and say hey you know you can't do that so we were written her up and all that stuff um you know giving her a warning but you know this is serious this is not something you can do you cannot have your kids they're not authorized to be here and they're not authorized to work well I'm sure you guys can guess what happened next. Next thing you know, guess what? The kids were still showing up to work. And then once our client found out about it, which they were not happy about, and and we weren't happy about either because we talked to her, we gave her a warning, et cetera, et cetera. We didn't want her, we didn't just want to fire her on the spot. We wanted to give her an opportunity to improve and people make mistakes. We'll give you one more shot. But at that point, it was like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, we gave you a shot. We're easy to work with. You know, you just do your job. You get paid on time, everything's going to be okay. And so we were going to fire her because, and, and we have a very strict, you know, performance and it's in the handbook, the employee handbook and everything. If you do not perform or if we give you a warning and you make the same mistake twice, that's grounds for termination, you guys, is what it is. We felt bad. You know, our emotions got to the best of us and she was in a tough spot, um, And so we ended up giving her another opportunity. Well, you guys, that was a mistake. We hadn't made an emotional decision because our emotions got the best of us and we're, you know, good people and we sympathize and things like that and we want to help. However, this person had shown us twice that they are not capable of following the rules and they continue to break more rules but they were doing things that they were not supposed to be doing. And it was all caught on camera. But with that said, we learned that, you know what? The signs were there and we should have listened to our gut and we should have made a logical decision, not an emotional one, to let her go once she made that same mistake twice. So, As a couple, sometimes it's very easy to make emotional decisions because we want the best for people. We want to give people chance after chance. I am a strong believer in giving somebody a chance in that we all make mistakes. Of course, that doesn't mean, you know, you go out there and do something heinous and I'm just going to forgive you like that. Of course, it doesn't work like that. But if it was an honest, genuine mistake um, or something that wasn't talked about, okay, let's talk about it now and work on a solution But we're in agreement that this cannot continue further and that if it does, this is what could happen next. But if you clearly, you know, after having that conversation, et cetera, et cetera, and we've given to you, we've given everything that you needed to succeed in your job, that you continue to blatantly disobey their protocol, you know, at that point, there's there's. It's not our fault. We gave you everything that you needed. And it was hard. It was a lesson for us to be learned. Like I said, we were like 24 years old. We were really young, you know, being leaders of this brand new business that we started. So we learned a lot, but we learned that we need to make sure that we are very firm on the protocol. We give people opportunities, we're not strict in the sense of, you know, one bad thing and you're out. But you need to follow the rules and be respectful of your coworkers as well. So we learned a lot. You know, you learn and you grow. But we learned then, man, it ended up being such a freaking nightmare trying to get rid of her now. So when you see red flags, take care of the problem early on. That's lesson one. And lesson two, think logically. Don't think with emotion. Because when you think with emotion, that's when mistakes happen. So I say all that to say when I say keep business strictly business, you have to put that CEO hat on sometimes and you have to be firm. But also with that said, um, when you come home, don't bring work home. Cut it off at six o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever time you set it to be. Be firm on the Okay, babe, I'm home. I'm cooking dinner. We're not talking about business. The only time we talk about it is if it is something critical life or death situation, which that was like extremely rare that never happened. But other than that, it can wait till tomorrow at 7am. So yes, every day, I was heading to my office at 7am. So because I wanted to get ahead of the doggone emails, phone calls, like, let me get up first, let me eat, let me get on my way, then deal with the onslaught of managing your employees and managing customer service. Guys, it's it's not a joke. I mean, you're giving yourself a job. Matter of fact, you're giving yourself ten different jobs because not only you are the leader, but you're the HR person, you're your own accountant. You know, you're the one opening and closing up the shop. It's a lot of work, especially when you're getting started, and even as you grow, you want to reinvest those funds and that profit back into the business. Sometimes you do have to hire more staff, et cetera, et cetera. But guys, this is a lot of work. So. I say all that to say, and I really hope this opens your eyes into being a power couple in business. It is certainly fun. It's exciting. It's something that we both get to do together, and it's something that we get to build as a legacy together, which is phenomenal. It's awesome. However, I want you all to know that building a business together is not the only way to leave a legacy. Both of you guys can be in business, but it can be in two different businesses, or Both of you guys could be working nine to five jobs, or maybe one works a nine to five and the other is an entrepreneur. Guys, there's no right or wrong way. I just want you to know you have to do what's best for you guys. You have to be true and authentic to yourself and know what's best for y'all. The only people that are going to know that is you guys. So I can't tell you one way or another, but just understand whichever road you decide to take. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take hard work, no matter what you do. But the key to all of this is have each other's back, work hard, be clear on who's doing what, and accept the fact that it's okay. Y'all don't have to be in business. There are many other ways to be successful and build a legacy. So I hope this helps y'all. Thanks for tuning in today.